Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. You're on Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific, Los Angeles time. Thank you very much for joining us today. Today we have an awesome show. We have the great Lisa Katara on today, also known as Lisa Quentin Tarantino. Has a little go. Lisa Katara is an old friend of ours. We love her very much. Background in opera. Does voice work, mocap, stunts, acting, writing, just a whole gambit. Lisa Katara, she's a great, great guest. Going to be on a couple minutes. Last week we were off. I was in Los Angeles last week to see my beautiful nieces, Bak Mitzvah. Alana Khan. I feel bad because I keep on spelling her name wrong with an A instead of an E. I'm sure she'll forgive me for that. I got her some really awesome books by John Green's son. It was a beautiful weekend. Ate a lot of food. I was going to interview her for Cinema Files Radio, but I thought I'd, I'd, I'd keep it close to, uh, you know, cinema. While I was out in California, I had a triple feature. I saw three movies together. I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Garden of the Galaxy in 3D, IMAX, as well as Lucy. And I want to talk to you about those films. But first, I want to talk to you about a show I think that we all love to hate. Now, I think we all have these shows that we watch and we don't want to watch, we watch them anyways. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. It's kind of like a sore inside of your mouth that you can't stop touching. I think that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, There are several shows that are like that. What shows are like that for you? Please call in 657-383-1444. Call in and let me know what is your guilty pleasure show. Right now, my guilty pleasure show is Continuum. This show is horrible. It's horrible. Um, I mean nothing, and I mean nothing against Canadians. Nothing. The television feels a little bit like beer light, light, light. Almost like a beer trying to be a beer, but really trying to be a cola. It's very odd. But Continuum is just... I just hate this show. (laughs) But I'm already on season three. Created by Simon Barry, you know, your actresses are Rachel Nichols and 
Victor Webster and Eric Newton, and it's got a gigantic cast, and it's got a lot of people behind it, and actors you know, and actors you don't know, and producers you know, and it has an excellent premise and a, and a way to go. It's about time travel. The, the premise is a detective from the year 2077 finds herself trapped in a present-day Vancouver. That's your first mistake, by the way. And search, searching for a ruthless, for ruthless criminals from the future. So that premise alone sounds fantastic, right? Come back from the future, look for the violent criminals. It's ridiculous. It, it's preposterous. Watch the show. Don't take my word for it. Watch it. Give me a call next week and let me know what you think of the show continuum. Do you like it? If you like it, I want to know why you like it. Convince me, please. As far as I can tell, I, I hate this show. And I keep on telling my friends as I'm watching the show, I hate this show. I don't know why I keep on watching this show. Maybe that's one of the glories of having no war. Is the fact that you can watch just crappy shows on Netflix or on, on, on Amazon Prime. So... Continuum is that show. Again, Continuum, uh, from 2012 to 2014, right now it's, it's in season three, created by Simon Barry and, and starring uh, Rachel Nichols. I, I think the show is pretty, pretty bad. But uh, I'd like to know your opinion. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of shows that I like that are just horrible. I used to like uh, the show, um, what's the name of that show? And I, I don't even remember anymore, I'll be honest with you. It was kind of like Cougar Town, where it was just friends going to drink and very weird comedic things going along the way, very much inside jokes. And I liked it. I very much liked it, even though it was one of those guilty pleasures. It reminded me of Armageddon, where it doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's meant to make sense. I think it's meant to make you laugh. That's the interesting thing about Continuum. I don't think it's trying to make you laugh. I think it's trying to make you enjoy it. On the other hand, you are laughing. That's Continuum. Give it a shot. C-O-N-T-I-N-U-U-M. Continuum. <laughs> I didn't like it. Okay. So give that a shot. Let us know what you think next week, please. Now, the three movies that I saw while in California was... Garden of the Galaxy, IMAX 3D. The only way to see that film. Now, if you get... If you get... Um, headaches when you watch 3D, if you get migraines, if you get uh, disoriented, skip it. Obviously, skip it. And watch it on the big screen. But do not wait to see it on your home theater. It's, it's, it's not a home theater movie. It is absolutely a big screen movie. Is it good? It's the third time I've seen it in IMAX 3D. So you tell me. It's fantastic. I'd say Guardians of the Galaxy and Dawn, Planet of the Apes are two of the best movies this year. Hands down. Let's stick with Guardians. Great film. Great special effects. Great acting. Great story. Great female characters, which is very rare. Especially in a superhero film. It had its comedic moments. It had its sad moments. It had a lot of moments to it. I, I very, very much enjoyed that film a great deal. Go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. It is fantastic. See it in the big screen before it goes somewhere else. Now the second film 
Lucy by Luc Besson. Luc Besson is the one who did, you know, Le Femme Nikita, The Professional, Leon The Professional. He did a lot of great, great, brilliant films. Is Lucy one of those films? No, it's not. The first half maybe is. You can kind of tell where Matilda, you know, the sequel that never happened for The Professional would have went. Then Columbiana. You can see where he could he would have gone with that script a little later on. Was Lucy good? Lucy was really good. And it's very interesting because I, I heard one um, interviewer, I heard one person who was reviewing the film, who was blonde hair, blue eyes, who was saying that her problem with the film was that she's sick and tired of watching blonde hair, blue eyed women or men being the epitomization of the advancement of science, genetics, and DNA. And she was blonde hair, blue eyes. And would I agree with her? Yes, I would agree with her. Yes, I would. It was very nice to hear somebody with a European, if not Anglo background, sticking up for people who don't really have that background. You know, it, I understand her, 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 her problem with the film. On the other hand, let me make a counter-argument to that. When you see her eyes turn blue in the film, it is not that her eyes are turning blue because her eyes are blue. Her eyes are turning blue because of the drug she's taking, which is blue. So her argument was that the, the color blue in her eyes made her significantly more intelligent. If not, it shows like um, a DNA progression or, or a genetic progression in her, in her timeline. I disagree. I think it's really the drug that she's taking that's turn her eyes into blue. Because when you see it in the big screen, it's turned into kind of a, a CGI blue. So it's not a, a real blue blue. It's a CGI blue. So it looks exactly like the drug. So I would disagree. The problem with the film of, of Lucy is that it peters out in the end. It just, you know, it, what it is, is it's a modern Akira. Akira being the anime, being the manga. This, this reminds me exactly of Akira. Except that, it, that there's a woman involved instead of a man. Instead of Tatsu is now as a woman, and um, and also Peter's off in the end. It doesn't really make an incredible amount of sense. It just kind of slows down and then goes away. And then once it end like 2001: A Space Odyssey, when it kind of starts off with 2010. Now, if you saw 2010 and 2001, there's a difference between maybe a uh, <laughs> you know a talkie film into an action film. So 2001, 2010: A Space Odyssey. Both being in the same book, realm, world, region, are both very different when you look at them as cinematic tales. The same thing here is here, is in 2001, in, in Lucy, excuse me. When you watch the beginning of Lucy, it's like 2010 of Space Odyssey, or 2010, excuse me, where you're going to Jupiter and you're having fun and all this deal. And the second part is like 2001 of Space Odyssey, where it's slow and, and uh, thoughtful and and tries to teach you something, but by that point, you're going at, you know, 45 miles per hour. So it's kind of difficult to slow your brain down and go in the other direction. So I felt like Lucy had its flaws. Lucy was a good film, and worth seeing in the theaters, uh, but I don't know if it's worth seeing it for 15 bucks. And that's my argument these days. When I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I paid literally $19 to go see that film. Was it worth it? Absolutely it was worth it. When I saw Lucy, I thought to myself, if I paid 15 bucks to just see Lucy by itself, I'd be pretty mad. 
And then I walked in to go see Dawn of Planet of the Apes. So we got Guardians of the Galaxy, which was fantastic. Lucy, which was a pretty darn good film, and I would absolutely, without a doubt, rent it or watch it on digital copy. And the third one is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Now, if you want to look at Guardians of the Galaxy and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes being two separate films, being two of the best films of the year, this is how I'd separate them. Guardians of the Galaxy is more like art. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is more like science. Now, it's kind of silly considering the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy takes place in space, right? But it's more artistic. They flub over some of the, the science. They take into consideration that you're smart enough to understand some of the concepts that are going on here. They don't sugarfeed you anything. So, Guardians of the Galaxy is a very straightforward, very smart film. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is exactly the same except for the fact that you have to think. If you're not thinking, good luck. It is a thinking film. But it is an excellent film. An excellent film. I would say if Andy Serkis does not get nominated for an Oscar for his mocap work in this, there's a definite injustice going on here. So Andy Serkis was just amazing in this film. His acting was amazing. The Weta work, gorilla work was amazing. The story was amazing. I heard somebody argue that they did not like Down of the Planet of the Apes for several reasons. I don't understand that concept. I, I don't. You, you have to go see this movie. Anybody who argues that this movie is not good probably wouldn't like Looper, Episode 4 of Star Wars, Empire, the most boringest, remember? So these are the kind of people I think that would not like Down of the Planet of the Apes, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Brick, you know, slower movies that made you think that 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 made you conceptualize the feature. It's a, it's a fantastic film. You have to go see it. So don't don't take into consideration that they've they've made enough m- money and they're perfectly fine. They're not. They need more. So go see Dawn. Go see Guardians. Skip Lucy. Skip uh you know Ninja Turtles because you know there's already a sequel being made. And that movie was just downright horrible. I'm not even going to get into it. I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste my radio show on talking about turtles. Even though I collected the first comic books of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which were way more violent than this show, movie, whatever it's called. But it's just it's just it's a ridiculous movie. So I saw three fantastic films last weekend: The Guardians of the Galaxy, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Lucy. Like I said, go see Dawn. Go see Guardians. I skip Lucy, even though Luc Besson is an amazing director. Amazing. Amazing. And I can't wait for him to make Matilda. And I hope he makes it with Natalie Portman. I really do. Thank you very much for joining us today on Cinephiles Radio. I am your host, Steve Pisa. We're going to have the great Lisa Katara on in just a nanosecond. Let's take a short little break here and get her on. All right, bring it on the great Lisa Katara. <laughs> Miss Lisa Katara, how are you doing? Good morning. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday. Everybody's happy to see you. How are you doing this morning? You doing good? 
I'm doing good every morning I get up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 people wake up Sunday morning sometimes, and they have such a horrible attitude. But imagining li- living in Los Angeles, waking up in Los Angeles, is probably one of the best places to wake up in the universe, next to Hawaii, of course. I can think of a few places I wouldn't mind waking up other than Los Angeles, but let me tell you this. I moved out here from the East Coast, and it does not snow here, and I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what part of the East Coast did you move here from? I moved from New York City. I was there for about 10 years, and I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So I, I know cold, cold weather. Wow. Well, you know, Meeting you, you must be 11 years old with that with those numbers there. So you you, you grew yeah. up in New York. There. How old? I mean, I, you look like 13 to me. But you, you grew up. You grew up in New York. Static, do I hear static? This connection is horrible. I, I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> Where did well, you go? Compliment. <laughs> So I, I, so you, look, you, you, I look amazing for 63, so we'll just keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. If that's what 63 looks like, I can't wait to be 63 years old. So, so, oh, wait. so you, grew up in, so you, you, you grew up in New York, right? So how, how was it like growing up in New York in comparison to well, Los Angeles? Because New York is, is up, upright and New York is horizontal. Well, good, good way to put it. Yeah, I grew up in Cleveland, but I went to school and started my first professional career way back when uh, in New York. And the energy there, when you're when you're a New Yorker and you're on the grind every day, you think of the West Coast and you go, oh, my God, I could never be a Californian. How could I ever live there? They're so slow. And, you know, and, and it's such a misconception. After living out here for nine years now, I go back to New York and I'm like, oh, my God, I could never go back to New York. It's just so fast-paced and the energy is crazy. So it, they're very, very different. Well, you, 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 grew up with, you grew up with the passion towards uh, the arts and more towards theater and opera. Can you start us off with, with how your career began and where your inspiration led you to? I have the weirdest beginnings, don't I, for a, for a stunt actress. Right? Yeah, for me, I mean, I can't remember ever a moment in my life that I didn't know I was going to go into some kind of performing art as a career. It was something I was instantaneously drawn to. Uh, Initially, that was music, but also art and photography. My grandfather was an amateur photographer. My father was an architect. There's a lot of creativity in my family, just nobody in the field that I'm in. So it was very, very new, new for me and new for them to try to understand this business. Um, initially, growing up in music, uh, doing choir and playing instruments and orchestras and whatnot brought me to the Eastman School of Music, and I had a plan. I wanted to go to the best conservatory I could and get the best education I could singing so that I can go to Broadway. That was my, that was my dream. I got, had to sing on Broadway. Dancing, singing, acting, oh, my God, the energy is incredible on live stage. Uh, and I did nice. get that opportunity. I went to New York, and after graduating from Eastman, I was accepted into a couple of vocal grandmasters' studio to retrain for the Broadway stage and understudies, and then got my big break, unfortunately, the morning of 9-11, which inevitably led to a career change, and that's how I eventually wound up on the West Coast and fell into TV and film. Wow, really? Weird, right? That is, that is, ins- <laughs> I did not, that is insane. Well, hold on a second. It's so different. You, yeah, you were, you were in the line to be on a Broadway show, and then 9-11 changed all of that. 9-11 changed I, I a lot love- for a lot of people in the arts. 
Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it did. But there's very few people who will share those stories, and uh, very few people that hold you on know, to I, those I, stories. It, as a matter of fact, it's mixed emotions for me to share the stories because, for one, I'm still here. I have every appendage on my body. I get to pursue the dreams that I get to pursue, and I know people who who do not have those things and and did not get right. those opportunities. You know, they were stopped short. So, I don't talk about it often, other than the fact that it happens and I'm making something good out of it, and I, I really strive to try to be a positive influence in people's lives and really help them to achieve their highest potential because you only get this one go around. You've got to go for the things that you're passionate about. And damn it, I'm right. doing that. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yes, you are. But, you know, this is what I would say. You know, you have everything positive on your way. You have everything going in your direction. 9-11 kicks in, and then all of a sudden everything changes for you. Yes. What would you say mm-hmm. to somebody in that moment, especially young people? Who, what would you say to young people in that situation right there, where you feel like everything is coming to a head, and then all of a sudden everything hits the fan? What do you, what do, you do then? A decade and a half of yes. commitment and, and talent and training, and everything comes to that culmination that one day, and then you don't get to do it. You know, I right. I could say the overused adage, "Well, something better is coming." I don't really like to have that mindset. What I like to say is. You know, that's life. You have to be able to roll with punches and you have to be able to change. It's that um, the flower that grows through stone on the sidewalk. If you push at something, inevitably it's going to break through. Maybe not the way that you planned, but it will happen. If you're committed to it and you're truly passionate about it and you give it everything that you've got, somehow you will find a way to do and have and be the thing that you dream about. You just have to not quit. Perseverance everything. That's great. Now, did you have any mentor? I mean, for me, I, I had a lot of mentors growing up. Did you have any mentors inspiring you or push you along this way during this time? Well, it's such a blessing that you can say that you've got a handful. I think there's something about martial artists, too. You seem to find mentors. The energy in martial arts is crazy. I haven't met a true yeah. martial artist that doesn't have mentors that really help push them, and now they're mentors for people coming up behind them. I love that. <laughs> I am not a martial yes. artist. Um, <laughs> You're a warrior, though. I mean, when you when you look at this woman's when you look look at Lisa Katara's uh, IMDb and you look at her stunt work, it's incredible. First of all, boys and girls, if you liked Far Cry Three, she she was a, a mocap performer in Far Cry Three. So everybody, every boy who's listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. Anchorman well, Two, Legend Continues, Agents of Shield. What? If you're if you're between the ages of 13 and say 30. What I'm known for for video game work isn't even motion capture or a video game per se. It's a fan film we did for Modern Warfare Frozen Crossings, which on YouTube I think has over 11 million hits. Oh, we did it with Freddie that's Wong right. And yeah, that was, that's where I got my nickname, Badass, and I can't shake it. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't long. believe I totally forgot about that. Yes, Modern yeah. Warfare uh, Frozen, Frozen Crossing, right? Got it, yeah. That was fun. That was a good yeah. time. Sean Piccinino brought that to my attention a long time ago, and I had no idea what he was talking about. It was one of the very few times that he mentioned something to me. I'm like, I don't know. Right? Sean's the best. Too bad I didn't work with him back then. I would have known him sooner. He's such a great guy. (laughs) He's a great guy. We have plenty of time to work together. You and I I met at the the DVD release of of Lackey, and and I I loved meeting you, and and we were just talking so much about having you in the Lackey, too. We we would love to have an ass-kicker like you in uh, in the second film. I mean, uh, I'll sign you up right now. 
Lackey is a great idea, great concept, well done, great act. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I don't just say I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, I'm a little biased now because I know so many of you and just really good people yes. involved. But the project itself is definitely worth a view. <laughs> so I'm throwing that yeah. out there. Shameless plug. You don't have to do. I'm doing it for you. Thank you. Uh, more, more about, more about you. So, so we go into the mocap world. Let, let's go back a little because I love opera. My my father came from Sicily to become an opera singer. So, oh, what wow. what is it about opera that? It, yeah, he, came, you know, I did not know this as a child. I mean, he always had a beautiful, deep voice. But when I found his headshots and and my mother would tell me about little dreams he had, I went towards the opera as well. It was, it's extremely expensive, but. Please tell me. I, I would love to know your experience with opera, and I would love to know what is your what is your favorite opera as well. Because mm. th- this is not a conversation I get to have with many people. Because a lot you of people know, don't realize opera. This is the first entertainment interview that I get to talk about it because it's it's in my past now, but it's something that was very much who I was. Um, you know, right. my favorite opera is going to have to be a very particular performance of Turandot done at the Metropolitan Opera, and Placido Domingo was singing the lead. And there is wow. no one better to sing Nessun Dorma than Plastic no. Domingo. And I heard it, and I could not do anything else. I had to train the best that I could and get that education. And that just music has always been in my life. My mother constantly listened to classical music every morning and all day, and I was instantly brought into orchestras and singing. And uh, it just it's just something I was tremendously passionate to the point that my entire vernacular was about classical music and composers and sure. all that stuff that nobody could relate to. <laughs> you know? Yes. Now yes. not so much. <laughs> well, you know, Placido Domingo is, is one of in turn dot is, is one of my favorite performances of his, mostly because he does the longer version than than uh, yes. Pavarotti does. Pavarotti does more than Oh I'm having well, a great <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Pavarotti it, it, it could be because of his health that Pavarotti didn't do more so than that it's about his tone yes. his Placido's tone yes. is the most brilliant I've ever heard he's my favorite tenore he always will be yes yes it's, it's really incredible you know I did a, I did a play in, in high school and I needed a turn dot in there and, and I picked Placido because his his version was a very different version than everybody else's he took his time he did the entire That's musical it. piece Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It was just just out. He's just because an outstanding. Placido is an actor. <laughs> you, you know, yes. thing, people, you shouldn't need subtitles on opera if if the people yes. on stage are truly actors, because there's something that transcends yes. communication by language. It's the music and the energy, and you can tell from the emotion that right. they're putting out. You understand. And I, I talk about that in, in TV and film. You see a, a lot of times someone say, "Oh yeah, I saw that episode of such and such." God, that person just can't act. Might not be them. Right. Might be editing. Um, but right. it truly, if you have a really, really good, good actor that you work with, it just transcends words. It does. I had a, right. I had the privilege of working on the bridge recently, and there's a bunch of phenomenal actors on that show. Franca Patente, in particular, uh, the director's note for for her character says, "Do not direct," because she is so profoundly good at her craft that you don't need to. Right. You just let her go and go with it. <laughs> That's a tremendous compliment. Right. Yes. You know, th- th- those those arts are incredibly difficult, and for some reason, people really... Um, it's kind of like country music. I, I think people are socially programmed not to like certain music because it's popular. You know, I don't think they even realize they're doing that. With country and with opera, I, I hate opera. I hate opera. And what's very interesting to me is that but people usually so like... Oh. 
there, you know, the, the the most consistent musician that people listen to is is um, is uh, Pagliacci. And, and what's interesting is that Pagliacci is a, a modern opera creator compared to you know maybe Mozart, who did a lot of his musical pieces in German. Uh, it's very interesting right. that. You know, people, go ahead. Well, I I don't really when someone tells me that they don't like classical music but they do like film mm-hmm. scores. I stopped listening to them right. <laughs> because most of the music for right. scores is classical music. That's where it came it from. Is. Yeah, a lot of it is even plagiarized from certain popular composers like Dvorak oh, and Wagner, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, Rachmaninoff and well, you know I saw yes, La Boheme. Uh, yes, I saw Baz Luhrmann's La Boheme, and they had subtitles. And, and what was very yes. interesting was people were looking at the subtitles. I'm like, uh, I didn't co- did I didn't pay this much money. <laughs> but did you really but, need the subtitles? to understand what was no, going on. No, I don't need to... No, I mean, first of all, I mean, the way they use their hands, the way they use their expression, the way they... I mean, this is the way it's been through hundreds of years of opera. As the expression that they have, you can tell by their tonality which direction they're going in. And it leads so you in I that direction. Some, and I have something I but, tell people when it comes to communicating with others, especially when you're acting, a bunch of actors thrown into a scene together with a director, they're all new together, and they have to figure out how to find the common energy to make a scene work. And I always tell them, I remind them of music, is that there's that vibration that everybody gets on when there's classical music. And I don't know how many, mm. any music. You go to any rock concert, any country music concert, anything you're passionate about, like and you don't see anybody happy there. You can, yeah, it's, it's, mm. it completely connects everybody in the room. So a good director knows this and uses his psychology and understanding to get the actors into a same tone, if you want to call it that. But... You, the yes. only thing you really need to understand is the intentions of the energy coming from the other person. It's not what they're saying. Energy behind why they're saying it or what they're saying. That's what you listen to. That's what you feel. It's the same thing with, with anything in a foreign language. Classical music can easily be understood. If you're watching an opera, you can easily understand it by knowing the intentions and the tonality. The music will tell you what's going on. Right. See, this is what's very interesting to me, Lisa, is that, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of actors, actresses, directors, writers, what have you, and they always have this, this sort of attitude of, I don't know what I have to share on the radio. I don't know what I have to give to other people. Oh, they, they boy, kind of, uh, <laughs> I mean, just the, just the inf- you know what I mean? And just the information yeah. that you're giving me alone right now is enough for a certain enough actress to feel good about themselves for another year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've chosen industry. You know this business. This industry is one of the most uh, unbelievable, awesome, creative experiences you could possibly have. But it's the most profoundly challenging mentally, spiritually, psychologically. It really, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of it. You really have to be strong and grounded to pursue it. So what I mean by that is you've got to know who you are and what your intentions are coming into this business and stick with it. Because it will change right. you, it will challenge you. You'll constantly second guess yourself if you don't have a, an understanding of who you are and what you will and won't accept. So yeah, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to go into anything without confidence and believing that you can succeed in it. Otherwise, why are you wasting your time? You can't get that back. <laughs> I, I agree. You know, it's funny. We're the only kind of animals that like to stick the banana back into the peel. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, right. <laughs> Uh, Let's go back. Oh, yeah. So, 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 nine eleven kicked in. You're you're in New York. Life changes. You're off to Los Angeles. 
Now you're off to Los Angeles. You know, what, yeah, what, what I mean, Broadway, Broadway shut down. I came out here, I met a producer. He said, why don't you come out here and try the TV and film scene? And I didn't have anything anymore, uh, anything meaning personal possessions, place to live, roommates, none of that. And I got in the right. car and I drove across the country and said, great, what's next? Wow. That is brave. Uh, you I know, know. It, hearing the all the horror made... stories. No, it's incredibly brave. And when you, when you, I mean, there must be about a, a thousand stories of young females coming off to Los Angeles and it being a horror story. So you well, jump in, 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 in. It wasn't any of that. <laughs> right? Um, no, it was really, I just. Harry <laughs> It's like half of the stories that I hear. How'd you wind up in Los Angeles? Well, there was this girl. Of course there was. <laughs> you know? Of course there was. Um, there was some guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to be married. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a very particular bowl of, of energy and talent. And it's, man, when you jump in, you got to go all in. There's no other way to do it. Um, coming out here, I, you know, heard rumors about background extra companies that would get me into sets so I can learn and watch and do all the things I was doing back on Broadway. And uh, so, you know, I did the usual background work, which lasted almost every day of the week. Believe it or not, remember when we were working in this town all the time? <laughs> I worked every day, uh, got my cards, joined SAG, and then I got an agent, and I was booking commercials and uh, print work at the time. So uh, inevitably, I earned right. their trust, and they took me into some theatricals, and I booked a few, and they went, oh, maybe we should represent her on the theatrical side, and just started training real hard and going after the things that I really wanted, which was to storytell. I wanted to tell stories. So, so you wanted to write, or, or did you want to act in those stories? Always acting, always acting. You know, the thing that gets me, I, I know a, a lot of us were told, you should write, you should write, you have a lot to write about. Right. Yes, but when it comes to acting, the thing that I love the most about acting is the empathy and compassion for a character that isn't me. My ego has nothing to do with it. I like to figure out, I like to connect to a, a created soul, you know, to find out how do they feel, how do they get there. I want to get in their shoes. That's what the challenge is for me, and that's what I enjoy. If I write for myself, that's the ego writing, because, you know, we all want, all want to be something major. We all want to be the lead action hero in a major Michael Bay movie, but, you know, that would be the right, ego right. writing. Doesn't really bring me joy, right. and I find joy in, in storytelling. And you know, you asked me too, Steve. You asked me what the last movie was that I saw, and I couldn't think for a second because I've, I've been busy lately. But I remember what right. it was. And speaking of stories, it was Chef. I love. Oh, this Chef! Movie. I love this yes. movie, and the reason is the story. I, John Favreau is brilliant. I got the chance to work with him, and my name is Earl. Years and years ago, and we just. Like we're really? talking right now, we stopped the shit all week, and he was so cool and so many ideas. And it was right before he started doing Iron Man. He was really excited about it. And then I see Chef. I'm like, oh, man, this guy, you just got something about storytelling. It brings you back to what's human in life. You know, it's right. a human story about real things, and yes, it has a happy ending. But I think people want that. Right. I agree. I agree. I, John Chan Favreau is really one of the one of the better directors out there. You know, we talk about J.J. Abrams, Joss Whedon. They're all having their time in the sun around James Gunn. They're all having their t their time in the sun right now. And I think John Favreau really started off a lot of those films, like Iron Man. How was that like meeting him right before his career just blew up? You know, I don't. I, it, meeting anybody with a cool idea and a passion gets me excited. Like it, it's never about their fame or popularity or how other people view them. I just right. I meet somebody, and the two of us, like it was like I'd known him my whole life. He's that kind of person. Right. He's very real and cool and full of energy. And he was genuinely excited to do this big directorial 
on a, on a film that he was passionate about because he's been a big comic book geek. Like, that's his thing. Like, right. you know, you can see that now that you've seen Iron Man. You know, oh, you really get this. <laughs> that's a guy that gets it. But it, was just, it yes. was just watching somebody bloom, you know, right in front of my eyes, and it was exciting. That's awesome. So let's let's get into your stunt work because that's that's incredible. I, I love love talking to women's uh, stunt. Now, is it okay to call call women stunt women or, or what do we what do we classify women? You who know, do honestly, I I'm both I'm an actress and a stunt woman, and I you can call it stunt lady, stunt women, stunt people, stunt performer. To me, I, it doesn't matter as long as there's respect for the profession. You can call me whatever you want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's mass, there's mass respect out there. I mean, you've done st- stunts for CSI Miami and Modern Warfare, Dexter. I mean, you, you've done so much. Far Cry 3, The Bridge, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, it's really major crimes. It's really insane. How did you get involved in this? And how is it like, and I really want to know this, how is it like for a woman to be involved in this? I, it's easy to say there is no difference all the guys accept me, yada, yada, yada. There was a time sure. where there were no women, right? There was a time. There were so, so, very, very few women, and they really held their own. And you know, you got to look up to some of the earlier pioneers of stunt, stunting because that's, that's the cowboys. Right. They're the ones. Right. Even Darth Vader didn't get any respect. I mean, he did all the mocap work for, <laughs> for Darth Vader. He didn't even get any respect. I mean, just like Chewbacca. But you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at your stuff, and you're getting a you're getting mass amount of respect. Uh, just just like our great America Young, you know, you've done a lot of great stunt work. America, look at you involved. America in might be a, she might be a better person to ask that question to. I know you interviewed her recently. Um, she's way more invested in the stunt community and into stunt work. Has a longer resume. My stunt work came from acting. Initially, I was doing a lot of action acting roles, uh, which were roles that required training. And I was very physical my whole life. You know, I grew up around cars, and I was in the gym boxing and fencing and swimming and doing all sorts of things. And so it was a bit of a natural progression for me. And then it occurred to me, oh, these are stunts. So when I started landing roles that were more action-heavy and physical in the acting, I started training a little harder and training and meeting with people that are in the stunt community, coordinators that are to this day friends of mine, good people in the industry. And over the course of the years, I earned their trust. They saw the quality of the work that I was putting in and my determination, and they knew that my professionalism was first and that I had integrity, right. which is, you know, <laughs> that's everything to me. Uh, so I got, I got lucky in a sense. You know, talent needs preparation, you know, that creates opportunity. Had a couple of people give me some chances. Um, the one that really kind of pushed me through uh, came when I had already worked with Jennifer Lopez a couple of times, doubling her uh, dancing, singing, that sort of thing in the background, um, and she did the Fiat commercial, the Fiat 500 commercial, a few years ago now. Um, and I remember the coordinator, T.J. White, I had worked with his father on Days of Our Lives, Terry James, doubling Hope, character of Hope. And they remember me, go, oh, you know, Lisa looks an awful lot like Jennifer. And I said, well, I've actually worked with her before. I'm like, well, can you drive? I'm like, yeah, what's, what's the driving? It was stunt driving. I'm like, actually, yeah, I do do that. <laughs> you know, and they took a chance on me. They took a chance on me. And this one wound up being, it was a music video initially for a song called Poppy, and she was a brand ambassador for the Cinquecento, the Fiat 500 at the time, so they put the car in the, right. in the video thinking maybe this is going to wind up being a commercial inevitably. After right. uh, you know days of driving over sidewalks and people and skateboarders and horseback riding and par- people jumping off the side of buildings on wire, you know, this was a major, major, major production directed by Paul Hunter, who I had also worked with before on a Bailey's commercial years prior. They wound up mm. really appreciating the work that I put in, 
Um, thankfully, you know, it was the right kind of stunt at the right time for me to showcase my ability. There was a lot of big wigs involved, and they went, you know what, she's okay, we can trust, she knows what she's doing, and we'll hire her again. And the word kind of got around slowly, but, but surely. I think that was the one that really kind of got me in the stunting scene. I remember that. That, that, that had uh, Jennifer Lopez and Paul Walker involved, right? Not Paul Walker, Paul Hunter, the director. Oh, Paul Hunter. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's a big-time commercial director. Cool, cool cat. Right. I know Paul Hunter. Is that, is that, how did that go? I mean, I saw the Jennifer Lopez thing. How did that, how did that go along? How was she, the, how was she to get along? Cause you, you mentioned John Favreau. Yeah, she met Jennifer Lopez on, on, on that set right there. How was, how was that interaction? I had met her, I had met her prior because I'd worked on two gigs prior and then one after that one as well. Um, working with Jennifer is great. I mean, her people are, it's a tight ship. They know what they want. She almost inevitably yes. has some of the best people in the business on her team, you know, photographers, hairstylists, all that. Uh, right. I love her wingman. I love Benny, man. Her, her manager is a trip. So for me, it was great. <laughs> you know, I don't really get in her way. I let her do her thing. I'm there when she's not. That's the whole point, uh, to fill in when right. she's off and she's getting ready to fill in and do work for her. So my, my experience was tremendous. I love working for her, mostly because of her people and right. the projects she works on are challenging and fun and cool. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I, I've actually met her before and met her machine as well. Their machine runs pretty tight, and I never really yeah. had a problem. Whereas, you know, I, I, I don't understand negativity machine. a lot of times. It's a, it's you know, a, it's a gigantic, <laughs> gigantic machine. <laughs> negativity in right? this business is, is either self-propagated or media propagated. Usually when you, you oh, that person's such a jerk, or that person, oh, and that. Right. Half the time you tell me that, actually more than half the time, pretty much all the time you tell me that, I'll walk right up to that person, and they're the coolest person I've talked to in months. <laughs> so, right. you know, I think it's right. just a matter of who you are. I get along. Yes. I can't think of really anybody that I don't get along or, or understand to some degree. And if I really don't like their energy, I just simply don't mm. keep around them. I, I remember I, I met Jody Foster as, as, a, as a young boy. I was working at the Universal Cineplex, and I met uh, cool. Jody Foster, and I was so impressed to meet her. I mean. I'm, my jaw dropped, and I just told her how much I loved her, and she ignored me. She blew me off, and, and uh, I felt kind of hurt, and I, I held on to it for a long time. And then I sure. met somebody who, who, who was working with her and had worked with her in, in the past, and I mentioned it to him. And he goes, well, maybe she had a bad day. You know, maybe, maybe you caught her at a bad time, or maybe this or that. And it was interesting That's that I held on to it for such a long time. Go ahead. The thing about acting, acting is one of the most volatile jobs you can take and I don't really think people understand when an actor has to no. there's two things in that situation she's in a public area you know it's intentions right. and it's context you know people come up and they want things right. from actors all the time she didn't know so she just kind of kept it neutral because she didn't know you I'm sure um, but there's right. also that thing where you got to understand this is why a lot of us are single and I mean a lot of us are single uh, there's a place right. we have to go inside of ourselves to better understand who we are, to open up old boxes of crap in our brains and our emotional uh, files. And we have to access them freely on a regular basis so we can do our jobs. That's the commitment that we make. So you might meet us on one day and everything is hunky-dory and you get along and energy is great. And on another, we're so invested in something that we're preparing for or in the middle of, our energy is different. It doesn't make people like that bad or snotty or indifferent. It's just that's part of the work and it's a sacrifice you make. I mean, when you go into this business, you really, there's a lot of sacrifices if you're going to do it, you have to make. And that's right. part of the game. 
And do you find that women have a harder, and I hate to say this because it sounds so weird, but do you find that women have a harder time with this because people expect more out of, out of a woman like, uh, oh, she's, oh, she's being a bitch. I mean, I, they wouldn't say that necessarily about a guy. They'd say he was being a jerk, but that, that's very specific towards <laughs> females. <laughs> do, 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 do you find that that's the case? Right. I mean, do you find that that's the case in, 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 in that it is more biased towards uh, females being nicer than men? Like men expect women to be nicer than men? Oh, um, you know, I'm always preoccupied with just making sure that I'm 100%. That means professionally, right. my integrity, I'm prepared. Right. That's where I put all my energy. I can't really be bothered in worrying about how other people perceive my energy. You know, the right people will understand and the right people will see through on the days when I'm a little off and they'll, or they'll ask. They'll simply say, hey, are you, right. you know, a little off today? Are you okay? That's communication. Um, in right. terms of expectations of women, oh, boy, this is a whole other hour conversation about role models and <laughs> class and setting the right precedent right. for people who watch you. You know, I really, really, really right. want to set a positive example. So, you know, I, <laughs> I have a lot of opinions on, on some of the things that I see out there these days with very famous singers and right. actresses and whatnot. And, um, don't get it, but God bless well, you. It works. It works. What's interesting is that you're saying a couple of things that, that I, I, I myself love and adore, which is integrity. You're talking about yes. integrity and pride, honor. You're talking about benevolence, all the great details that I love in a human being, much less an actor or actress. Yes, and one of the things I've said about Sean Piccinino several times, which is, you know, he, he's a great director, he's a great actor, he's a great all these things, but above all these other things, he's a great he person. He has integrity, yeah. He's got integrity, he's got honor, and he gives credit to people a lot of times, whereas I would not. Ah, like, this person see, now that's really something to watch. The person that truly right? appreciates and has gratitude is freely giving back to other people and doesn't mind putting exactly. the spotlight on others because they're so confident in who they are. They don't mind. So you're not about, no, they're not. And you're talking about you're talking about all these things like integrity and honor, and it's so wonderful to hear somebody say that, especially with somebody with with such skill and talent like yourself. How do other people? How could other people get this? I mean, I, everybody wants integrity. Everybody wants to be the person they need to be integrity in Hollywood. Or is something. In, you can't borrow it, beg for it. You can't learn it later in life. It's something you have or you don't. I feel. I really do. I really do. And I, and I'll tell the the you know those that are young in the industry that are might be listening right now and want to understand this business a little bit more. If you don't have integrity, that's okay. I'm going to be completely honest, and it might not be something that people want to hear, but it's the truth. I, I've worked better with better people on better projects but it is a lot harder. It takes a lot longer, and it takes a lot more of your time and energy emotionally, physically, in every way to do this business with integrity and self-value. It takes longer. Understand that. And it's very, very easy to sell out, to sell something in exchange, to lie, cheat, steal, find another way into doing things. But in the end, if you can't be happy with what you've achieved, what was the point why did you bother? I think happiness is the key. Right. I think that's why we're here. I think we're here to find the things that we are most, most passionate about and go after them. 
Because they're really the one thing you can't get. You can always make money. Money is not an issue. It never was. You can make money doing almost anything. But when you spend your time, you can never get that back. It's really, really, really important. Right. So you you mentioned, you know, and I want to stay on this topic of integrity here because uh, I, I want the audience to know, because it's kind of rare. I'll be honest. It's kind of rare to hear people talk this way. It's very easy for people to talk about the project and what they're doing and what they want to do and what they've done with their yeah, lives. Yeah, you can see but, all hey, that online. Let's talk about real stuff right, right? now. <laughs> I know. I, I, can re- I can watch so many, I can listen to so many interviews about that garbage. I mean, seriously, it's like, it's like a conversation about UFOs. I'd much rather hear about the quirky story. You know what I mean? I'd much yeah, rather hear yeah, about the quirky right. stories and and how how does a beautiful woman like yourself hold on to integrity, work this business, work the guys in it, and, and not get screwed up along the way? And that's really what the audience wants to hear because they ah. want to be you. They want to be them, right? They want to grow. They want to be. They want to have all these qualities you have too, and all all the successes. They don't want to be you, well. but they want to have all the successes you have and have the integrity as well. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because very sure. few people have that. Yeah, when I met you, you had, a, well, you had an abundance of it. With, with anything in life, if you remain open, and especially open to the idea of change, you cannot help but grow. So that's a given. Right. That's okay. Don't have to worry right. about that. Um, you know, right. I don't know. I have, I have mixed feelings about it. It's just it's who I am. It's who I've been since the day I was born. I come from an Italian immigrated family that, came here and traveled down the railway from New York to Cleveland and set up camp and built their houses and raised their families. And they were hardworking individuals and integrity was paramount. When you give your word, right. you've given a piece of yourself. That's your honor. You know, you have to follow through. And especially when you give your word to yourself, even more important, don't let yourself down. Right. It's profound. When it comes to being a woman in this industry, <clears throat> I have mixed feelings there too because I, this is just me. I love these big. I can't wait to see Guardians of the Galaxy and even Expendables. And yeah, you know, I appreciate that there's more roles for women kicking ass and everything in film. That's great. But yeah. I don't believe that women have to kick ass to be powerful. Right. Women are powerful. There can be power in the roles that, that are written for them just because they're women. And I think any any true man would say, "Yes, word." <laughs> you know, absolutely. <laughs> We can instill the fear of God in you, and with a look, you know, a very powerful oh, thing. If if anybody's had a mother, they they know how powerful women are. <laughs> which, which yes. really, right? Yes. What's really fascinating these days is that there's, you know, like Marvel is asking these questions right now. What next uh, female actresses should we have in in Marvel films? And if you look at the new Star Wars films, the women are really going to be the new stars in the new Star Wars films. Have you seen that grow throughout throughout the years that, you, that you've been doing acting? Have you seen the, the parts grow from one place? Because I have. I've I've seen the parts from going from men to going to women. Whereas, uh, and now you see there's a with, principal with, and, female actress, and then there's a male cast surrounding her, but she's the principal. Right. It, it's always gonna it's gonna fluctuate like that. It's the same thing with race and age and all that stuff. But I always yes. come back to the thing that's the most important with with storytelling is the story. Whatever you create you will reap, you know, that if you want those roles, you write those roles, you know. It's also a matter of investment, what the studios feel will sell and what won't sell. So believe it or not, the power of this industry doesn't lie with the A-list actors or the studios. It lies in every single person who goes out and buys a ticket to see a movie or turns on a TV show. Every dollar that you spend is a vote for the thing that you're watching. 
So if you don't right. want to see movies where there's no women, don't go watch them because that dollar is a vote. You voted for it. Oh, which reminds me, right. I heard you rambling on, sir, about <laughs> Continuum. And I want to talk yes. to you oh about this little, this little issue of yours because <sighs> I see a problem here. You know the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again. doing the same thing over and over again. Different results. Different results, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just, I just want to put that out there now because oh you are gosh. watching that Canadian I, show. <laughs> I know. It's so horrible. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. God you know, I talk it. to people. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm watching this show, but I can't stop watching it. I don't know. You know I, I, I have I, a friend on the show, and he's, he's incredible, but I just can't watch it either. I'm sorry. Who, who, who is he on the show? Victor. Is he, is he a guy who plays Victor Carlos? Uh, you know, I don't even know yes. the character he plays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. you know, you know, he's a great dude, man. <laughs> I, I I met him when I was very young. I work. This is incredibly ironic. I worked location work when I was very young for Legend Locations in Hollywood, and he oh, and I worked on uh, LA, LA Fitness magazine together, and that's oh, the first nice. time I ever met him. Yeah, and then when um, I saw him on the show, I'm like, Oh dude. my gosh, I know this guy. <laughs> well, he's done a lot it's twenty years later. <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's been tw- it's been 23 years since last time I met him. But it it was kind of it was kind of uh, I was kind of in awe. I'm like, oh my gosh! Now I have to watch the show. And I'm watching the ah. show. Three, I'm on the third. I'm on the third season. Going, why am He's I watching this season. show? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's maybe maybe it's, maybe, maybe maybe it's got a huge it. fan base. There's you know a, what? A few Maybe shows I've got very personal friends on, and they're doing great, and the shows are tremendously successful, and I just don't get them. <laughs> I want to. Yeah. I want yeah. to. Don't get me wrong. I'll work on the show, but I just don't get it. Yes. You know, I, I saw that. You know, I love that show, The Killing. Uh, I, I I really adore it. But but the last season on Netflix, I I hated it. And what's interesting is that it's, it's a show. Run, it was a book written by a woman. It's a show. The showrunner is a woman. The producers are women, and the head head lead is a woman. So th- these are the kind of projects I, I just these are the kind of projects I just adore. First two seasons are fantastic. Third season it's wavering. Fourth season I was incredibly so now it's women. It's but women it's, writing now. Yes, that's interesting because the same thing happened with one of the shows I just worked on. It was primarily men. This season is entirely yeah. different from the last. There's new characters involved, but the, the women are writing now on the show, and people are starting to go, oh, my God, this is, it's even sicker and crazier than it ever was, and people love it. Is it? Isn't it? <laughs> uh, women have a way of being sadistic that men, men are, I think, men are oh, yeah. afraid to be uh, these days, you know. I watch well, these showrunners. Show yeah, you're a reprimand. <laughs> we're, we're blamed for certain things. I know I watch these show run. I even watched like Angelina Jolie direct, and she'll touch bases on things that I know a lot of I men will be a little perfect. scared. She She's and Selma Hayek right? are two of the women directors that I would very much like to work with. Very, oh, very much. Selma so. Hayek. I love that mm-hmm. woman. She she is fantastic, yes. You know, she's got a very original personality. She has a very original and um so Sofia Vierga as well. I love her Vierga, as well. Yeah. I, I like the, I like the, yeah, I can't even see her last name properly. But um <laughs> I, I love the I love the show she did, the uh, based on the US Marshals all all women and it, mm-hmm, it has yeah. the lead actress from, from BSG. BSG is one of my favorite very shows old. of all time, by the way. And while we're on it, yeah, but it was, Melody Cruz did a, uh, I think it was Agent Provocure, an uh, underwear, a women's yeah. underwear ad that is so sexy and so incredible. I, I'm, I'm sure you can yeah. find it if you look her up. 
just oof. oh yeah. I don't think a man could have done that. Vanilla's, right? I mean, they're they're beautiful. And we're we're talking about women hitting. I mean, hitting above their forties now. And what's very interesting about Hollywood today is that stuff doesn't matter. It used to matter once upon a time. I, I think mostly it's a guy thing. Ninety nine point nine percent it's a guy thing. But I don't think it really matters any, any, anymore. I'll be honest with you, because when you see certain women, you cannot tell how old they are, and they're beautiful. Uh, it, what was Does really it interesting was one year. No, it doesn't matter. I, I thought Gwyneth Paltrow one year. I remember when she was in Iron Man one, and like the Hulk mm-hmm. came out, and several other superhero films. And they were doing the women of superhero films, and the hottest woman on there was was Gwyneth Paltrow, and she was mm-hmm. equal easily twelve to fourteen years older than every other woman. And well, she was the most beautiful woman. Uh, it's right. her energy. It's her self-acceptance and her self-love. Mm. She knows who she is. She mm. knows what she wants. And she puts it out there. There's, right. there's something so incredible about that. And you'll, you'll know when you see a woman that's got her, that independent woman that men all say that they love and appreciate. When she has her stuff together, well, she's very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking to her right now. We're, we're, we're very excited to have her on the radio right now. So, you know, we, we, love, we love strong women, which is one of the reasons why we like Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams. They, they write mm-hmm. extremely strong women, which I really, really appreciate. I, I hope I get so the chance to work with J.J. I, not only, I mean, he's incredibly talented, but everyone, I have so many friends that have worked with him and say he's incredible as a human being. And that, that speaks volumes yes. to me. Oh, when, you, when you watch Mission Impossible and you see uh, Felicity, <laughs> you know, get a handgun and shoot the bad he's guys, incredible. that was the first time You're I was. my favorite part. <laughs> I was she blown was away. Surprised. I'm like, is that Felicity? Yeah. Did you recognize her? At the <laughs> I recognized her immediately. Yeah. You know, I saw her. I saw her. Right? I, I saw her right from the immediate get-go, and I was disappointed because I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, are you really shoehorning Felicity in this, he, this thing here? And then she pulls out her gun. Oh, she starts yeah. shooting. Yes. And then, I, spoiler alert, this is a 20-year-old movie. She dies, <laughs> and it shocks you, and it, it really does put you in a place of, of, of mourning. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, very well done. She nailed it. She just absolutely nailed it. You oh, absolutely. There's, there's, a so, lot of, there's a lot of new shows out there that have some really, really good writing on them. I was lucky this year. I, will not, I can't say lucky. I worked my ass off, but I, I did a couple of the blessed. newer shows. I did The Bridge, and I did Matador back-to-back. They were guest stars, but they were also um, – uh, stunt acting roles as well, and very, very grateful to the coordinators who who hired me on both of them. You play you play Dixie in the Bridge, right? Dixie coming up. Uh, that's episode nine and ten coming. Well, oh, if you haven't been watching, it's gonna it's gonna open your eyes. <laughs> I hope oh, everyone's it, been watching. It, it, watch the show, it's The it, Bridge. Right? It's a really great show. It, it's fantastic. She's on episode uh, season two, episode nine and and ten. Okay, guys. Mm-hmm. She plays Dixie. It's really yeah. a fantastic show. Continue. Uh, and Matador just aired. Uh, did a role in there with Gabriel Luna. Uh, Robert Rodriguez yeah. has a good thing going on there at LRA Network. I, take, a, take a look at some of the shows streaming over there, as well as FX. FX has Sons of Anarchy. They've got a bunch of great shows on there. But those are two hot new shows, and the writing is really good. They're totally different. The writing is really good. Actually, Matador is a little nostalgic right. of something like um, – I don't know, Miami Vice. It's got that kind of sexy, fast-paced sort of yes. fun humor, but still action. I love it. I, I love the show. A DEA agent, Tony Bravo, is recruited by the CAA to participate in tryouts for the Alien Riot or to spy on the team's corrupt owner. I, I really love the Matador. I mean, I, I had my misgivings going into the show, just like I would any show. I go in with kind of a grain of salt going, okay, 
do I want to continue watching this? I mm-hmm. really love The Matador. That so will go be watch The Matador. Just, just don't take it too seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you know. You, one of the creators is Robert Ory and his brother, Andrew, yeah. or, uh, Andrew Ory. Now, not a lot of people know this, but Robert Ory, everybody, these are, these, these are the dream teams of J.J. Abrams. So mm-hmm. go yep. run to these guys. This is a great show, The Matador. Speaking it's getting talent. good ratings. Yeah, it's, good, I mean, good. extremely talented. These guys went off well, their own to do, you know. Go ahead. Well, reviews are speculative, too. I mean, it depends on who's reviewing and how they approach the show. I mean, those are two very vastly right. different shows right there. If you don't understand them, then it's easy to go, ah, I didn't get it. I don't like it. But if you don't right. take it too seriously, man, right. it's a really fun, catchy, sexy show. Well, one of the reasons why I like The Bridge is because The Bridge touch, touches base on what, I, what is one of the most dangerous areas in the L.A., Mexico area, which is uh, Chihuahua, going to T- Texas yeah. to Chihuahua. Uh, Chihuahua is where, um, right? Uh, Chihuahua yeah. is actually where one of our um, ex-president-elects <laughs> used to live with his family. And uh, it's actually one of the most violent territories in all of Mexico. It's, it's an incredible Horrendous. area. Yeah, I don't want to. Oh, it's, I don't want to give too many horrible. examples of the things that the border patrol comes across there. But if, if you've seen the show, they some of it may seem so far fetched, but I promise you, some of it is very realistic and comes oh, it's, from a real place. It's, it's yeah. not. Go go look go look up the the Vice documentary on Chihuahua, and then, then you'll yeah, see yeah. exactly what we're talking about uh, as far as not the to bring anybody down on a Sunday, but it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. It's a great show. I mean, th- th- what's great about the show is that it's not reality. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and you well. have a, a couple of great creators. Well, it was created by, by both a man and a woman, Elwood Reed and, and Meredith Steen. Elwood so I, is so a man. Man, that brother, he, I, I, I keep giving him props. He's probably getting tired of me dropping his name, but he's really, he knows what works. He knows what he likes. He's giving great content. The team is working. Right. The two of them, they just, they nailed something that, it's one of those things where, like it's a happy accident when it happens. You manage to reach a niche market and become successful with the content you're putting on your, on your uh, show. FX is tremendous. They're very powerful right now. Oh, they are. That's because of They've got a lot of great shows going on. Yeah, I'm well, it, it's described as two detectives work together to take down a serial killer operating on both sides of the, the Texas-Chihuahua border. I saw the show. It is incredibly exciting. It is different than things that you've seen before, which is a good thing. A lot of shows these I'm, days are, are, especially with the Netflix and Amazon Prime kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, database, you're, you're starting to see a lot of shows with pilots, and, and it, they don't really work all that well. The Bridge, Matador, these shows work very well because you can tell that the creators had confidence behind the project. Yes. Did you well, find they also work. Very hard too, Steve. They work hard. These guys are putting in the hours. It's a team effort. And those two shows, honestly, that's one of the, in my career thus far, it's one of the greatest experiences I've had working with a team in any TV right. show. It's just, my mind is blown. <laughs> and I've made incredible well, friendships coming off that show too with some of the principal actors and people behind the scenes. It's just the right combination of energy there. Well, we want to focus on, on what episode you are on, Matador. You play uh, Donna Rossi on the episode The Naked and the Dead. And uh, yeah, that's the episode second. you want to see. It's in 2014. Yeah, that's in, that's in season two. There's two seasons. There's season one, season two. This is in season two. She plays uh, Donna Rossi. Check it out. The, the episode's called The Naked and the Dead. You can easily find it uh, online. You can get it on Amazon Prime, if not Netflix, or, or uh, download it up, that kind of thing. So 
we got another movies. We got other movies coming up. Criminal activities. Uh, you have a movie where you play a character named Marissa that that's unnamed right now, or is it unnamed? Filmmakers Anonymous. It actually that is the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That is the that is the, really the name. That is the name of that the is movie. Awesome. It's an independent film. That's gonna be great. Um, yeah, that that's gonna be a funny film. It's a comedy. Uh, I got brought in some friends that. Uh, had worked on some projects in the past with mutual friends. It's one of those, this industry is all about networking, you know? Everything is about networking. It's about keeping relationships alive. When you find people that you really appreciate working with and really add something to your production, you, you know, stay in touch. This, uh, Fernando right. Almanor, the director, I did not know. I met him, and this is literally the night before I got a call from my friend, uh, Alvaro Orlando, who won numerous awards for one of his films that he did called Counterpunch. It had Danny Trejo in it, just a tremendous right. independent film. You should definitely watch that. And he called me about the night before. Yeah. They were filming this and said, hey, we need to favor uh, our lead actress. I guess she got hooked on something else. Um, it was an actress who I have often lost roles to in the past, so this is the humor in this situation. He goes, we need somebody to step in for her and take this role. He told me a little bit about the project. I knew very little going into filming the next morning at 7.30 a.m. about the entire project and started meeting people and putting the pieces together. I'm like, oh, this is really fun and cool, and there were some emotional parts to it. Alvaro was an incredible actor, and I got to work with him. So to me, it was a no-brainer. A friend said, hey, SOS, and I go, yeah, no problem. But the film is looking to be quite spectacular. Uh, the lead in it is David Haley, actor David Haley. Uh, I know Tenender Howard's in it. There's a bunch of... De- decent human beings. Isaac Singleton's in that. Oh, God, I'm not gonna forget so many people on it. But that's that's gonna be you fun to see monsters. when it comes. You have some monsters on that film, and, and your next film, Criminal Activities, has got some monster actors on this film as well. Being, being John Travolta as well, so, Dan Stevens, yeah, Michael there was, Pitt. There were some definitely cool things about Criminal Activities. Now, I don't want to say that I am TV ignorant, um, but I had never met nor seen the work of Michael Pitt until I was working in a scene with him. And really? he is incredible. He's incredible. I'm going to go back and watch Boardwalk Empire now because oh my his, gosh, he he's amazing. When he, his character <laughs> when his character died in that show, I mean that was the end of the yeah. show. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm we, we love the show. Now. <laughs> yeah. when, when he died, I mean, it was one of those things of like, no, no, we love you. So that that intensity <laughs> of his character on on Boardwalk Empire. Yes. He has the it as an actor. You can feel it oozing out of him. He's so yes. in control and so in that moment. I went, who the hell is this guy again? And then I started yes. finding out. Yes. He's amazing. Now, that's uh, Jack Earl Haley. I'm sure you've seen him act in the past, but that oh, was Derek Royal's debut. Yeah, yeah. This is his really? first time directing. So I don't know if maybe oh, he's friends with John or... But look at that cast. Dan Stevens, John Travolta. I know. Uh, cast is Abbott, just... Brown. Dan Stevens, Michael Pitt, Jack Harold Haley. I mean, this is this is an intense. And then you got Lisa Katara right here, seven down, which is amazing. Uh, this is a gigantic cast. Uh, it's described as four young men take a risky investment together that puts them in trouble with the mob. Now that I want to see. Now, how was you it like? How was it like working with you? Oh, I, I can't wait to see this one, especially him because. Uh, Jackie, I, 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 I love him as an actor. I loved him as a kid actor, and I couldn't wait yeah. to see him. Because I mean, when he, he came back in the, the acting fold, he played a sex offender. That's how he came right. back in the acting fold, and he right. got nominated. Really and I was, way to come back. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I know. Of that I energy, that when you meet somebody a... and you think their energy is up, can you imagine the energy he had to live in to do that role in the moment? I thought, he, I thought he was shot through a cannon. I know. It, it felt like he was being shot through a cannon to get to get a role. I was like, oh, my God. Now, that's a commitment, man. But yeah, uh, it's, I'm it's so a, happy. It's a job, folks. It's not who he is. He's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And no way. No way. I mean, he's an excellent actor. I mean, a, a lot of people don't remember him. I mean, he was he was in Watchmen. I mean, he was in, he's been in a lot of pop culture films we've seen in the he past 10 years that have really... Yeah. 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 So I, I he's hit us. The, the coolest thing about that film was the fact that it's it shot in Cleveland, in my hometown. So for me, that was an opportunity oh, nice. to see my parents and, you know, happen to work at the same time. But that was a big cool for me as well. <laughs> Were they able to come on the set and, and visit you as you were doing the film? You know, I, I did drag my dad onto set. Uh, the next night, Rick Fike, the head of the stunt crew, the coordinator, was doing a, a small stunt, and I, I brought him downtown just to kind of be there and see that when I was working, there was no opportunity to. But it's also, it's work. When I'm right. working, I'm working. You know, that kind of a distraction because I, I love my pops. <laughs> it was yes. too much. You know who I like who's part, part of the cast is Rob Brown. Rob Brown yeah. is a really great actor. I, I really like him a lot. I've seen him in a lot of things before. I can't wait to see his future in acting as well. Yes, and he's a gentleman. Good dude. That's awesome. I, actually, pretty much, That's awesome. Pretty much everybody on this set was, was pretty pretty wonderful. Dan was as well. But, uh, yeah, Rob. Rob is very talented. It's a good mix of four. That's awesome. So so this girl comes out of, uh, out of, uh, out of nowhere almost. <laughs> Moves to New York, becomes an opera singer. Uh, 9-11 happens before Broadway kicks in. She comes out to L.A. and becomes our next megastar. Is, is, that, is that your life so far? Uh, well, I don't know about the megastar. I'm still working on just career momentum and doing what I love on a regular basis. But uh, that's, that's this game. <laughs> I guess it's a short story. Well, what I, what I really like about, about your story, what I really like about what you've done is that you work extremely hard. And, and that's, that's not what you can say about a lot of people. A lot of people in this film or cinema or broadcast or media industry is people really try to get in the door as fast as possible where it seems to me that you're working on the projects that are the most important. Because these are all projects that are part of our pop culture, that are part of who we are as human beings. And then when we see you in a movie, we're going to recognize you. Because these are all things that, I mean, at least one of us sees. Was that that a conscious effort to do? You know, uh, part of it is conscious. Most of it is just you throw so many things at the wall and see what sticks, that that old adage. um, there's so many right. times in this business when you give it your all and you know you gave it 100% and you were probably the best person for a job and you still don't get it because there's a lot of politics involved. You have to take what you can within reason. Uh, I don't mean take anything. I mean work for things and if you get any of those things, take them. Um, right. You've got to be very pragmatic about the business and how, how it is and how it isn't and right. understand that right. so long as you're giving your part, you're 100%, and your product, your brand is strong, the chances, if you're advertising out there and you're getting out and seeing casting directors and have a website and all that, the chances of you're getting opportunity are pretty good. You know, it's a tough, right. tough business. For me, it was all about, it always will be, it's always about the work. I just, I love to work. I don't worry about the competition. I worry about my brand and my product, and I try to get the opportunities to show it, to be seen. Right. And then hope from there that it's just the right timing, the right person for the job. 
I just read for something interesting oh. uh, literally three days ago. There's a new Vin Diesel film. And I, I got this from my East Coast representation because it's going to be filming in Cleveland. Yay! Uh, Yay! And the scenes, yeah. <laughs> well, that's even more reason to want it. The scenes are with Vin, and it's a fun scene. I, can't, I won't say much about the project. And I thought, wow, I'm actually getting these auditions. I'm actually getting the opportunity to read. Now, what, in the back of my mind, there's that nagging, oh, well, you know, they probably did hire an A or B list actress for the job already, but put this on tape and right. get seen because you never know what you might have an opportunity to do. Am I talented for the scene? Am I the right person for the job? Yeah, sure. There's many of us. <laughs> but it comes right. down to that bankability. It comes down to who they think will help sell the project. And I'm not famous. Uh, I don't have any real aspiration of becoming famous other than with fame, I plan to do huge things to help others. Uh, so that will be a great thing. But I, if it doesn't happen, so be it. I will carry on. Uh, but, yeah, it's just interesting to think, you know, when you finally get to that level, like I'm reading for projects that I would go watch. I'm reading for projects that I, I'd be excited, you know, like, wow, I'm actually in the same room with these people. That means I've gotten to another level, and now I need to work harder to rise above this. It's like a step up the ladder. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. No, our, our show is our show is coming to a close. I, I could literally talk to you for another hour. It, it's very, uh, this, this is a very simple it's conversation. Because we're you Italian, know, and the doctors can talk. <laughs> I know, right? We can we can just talk forever. But yes. I, I want to close on really on, on two concepts here. I, I I am an 18 year old out in Cleveland. I'm about to move to New York. I'm out in New York right now. I'm gonna move to Los Angeles. I, I'm following the Lisa Katera uh, blueprint here. What do I need to do? To st- I don't have your skills. I don't have your skill set. I'm not an opera singer. I don't have these things. But I have other things. How do I stay positive in this industry? How do I stay positive and how do I stay forward progressive? I think nowadays it's all about branding. Now, I, I get a crazed, glazed over look from people when I bring this up, but it's cr- extremely important to always remember that while this job is absolutely phenomenal in a lot of ways, it is still a business. You have to think about yourself as a business, as a brand. Your, your job as an actor, dancer, stunt person, uh, whatever it is, martial artist, is to create your brand in a way that people go, oh, I've heard of this guy. Oh, I've seen this before. That's that thing. That's that guy. That's his skill. They recognize it. And then to train and be prepared and try to get yourself in front of people so that they see your brand and hope to buy it. So... Social media, mm, huge, 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 huge. Make those videos. Pop them up there. You know, put good quality content out there for people to see. You'd be surprised who stumbles across those pages, what becomes viral, what becomes popular. Put your ideas out there. Throw it up and, and you know, let the world see it. Don't worry about copyright and trademark. And all. Don't get bogged down with that part of the business. Do your thing. Right. Show the world. It gives you more of an opportunity to get seen. You never know the right energy. Energy attracts energy. Somebody might see it and go, ah, oh, he speaks my language. i got to know who that guy is or that girl is. I like their moxie. I like their tenacity. I tell you, the, the thing, if you ask anybody that's worked with me, any of my mentors in my past, they'll tell you the thing that's gotten me thus far has been my tenacity. I'm tenacious as hell, Steve. Mm. I just I keep going. <laughs> I believe. I believe it. I'll give you this. This is something that I, I wrote down years ago, and I tell it to teenagers and young adults that are struggling. I keep reminding them, if you were born with a God source, Allah, Buddha, energy, whatever you want to call your God, a God-given talent. I don't believe that 
any God, Allah, Buddha, source energy would give you that talent and that passion and drive to have something without also providing a way. Your job is to find the way. So that should be enough for you, you to go, you, you, nope, I got this. Do you feel like it's their obligation if they have that skill, if they've been given that honor to continue on oh. with that skill? Boy, that's tough because I have so many people in light of my 9-11 experience telling me that I should just, just get up and sing. Just get up and sing again. It, you know, right. I don't owe it to anybody else. Um, for me, you know, it's like any Olympic athlete. If you, if you tell them to take a break for 12 years and then get up and run a marathon or, you know, they're not going to be able to. Right. So you can't just do anything and there's no obligation there. It's about being happy. Um, and I'm not to say that selfish is a good thing. I don't mean selfish the way we think of it, selfish. Your life is your life. It's the only one you're directly responsible for, and your happiness means something. Your quality of time spent on this planet in this now is tremendously important, and you owe it to yourself to be happy. You'd be surprised how great that ripple effect is or people around you will be happy too. Mm. Right. This has been a great conversation, Lisa. I I really appreciate you being on the show today. I I was really looking forward to speaking to you. I I, I, I literally can talk to you for another hour. It's so easy to talk to you. Please tell the the listeners today, how can we get in touch with you? How can we reach the great Lisa Katara? IMDb, (laughs) uh, Twitter, everything. You can reach the humble Lisa Katara. I have a, a Facebook public page. I do write back. That's me responding there. I've got Twitter. I've got Instagram. It's just under my name, L-I-S-A-C-A-T-A-R-A. I've got my website. I've got IMDb. Pretty much if you just go to that Google bar and punch in Lisa Katara, you're most likely going to find way too many ways of learning about me and contacting me and all that good stuff. But please do. Uh, I'm here to inspire. I'm here to be a positive role model, and I, I want to see other people reaching their highest potential. Right. What, what you had to say today was great. The information that you gave to people was fantastic, and the advice you gave to people was very pertinent. I, we really greatly appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much. Have yourself a great weekend, Lisa, and we hope we, we, hope we have you on here really, really soon. I appreciate that. I had a great time talking to you. We'll have to do a, a, another private conversation to carry this conversation on. <laughs> but stay well. <laughs> fantastic. Bye. Everybody, the great Lisa Katara. Have a great weekend, Lisa. Ciao. All right, everybody, we're going to take a short little break here. I want you to listen to a little reggae music, and uh, we'll close up the show. Well, it's that time, everybody. I really expected the show to be literally about a half an hour to 45 minutes. I was not going to do a long show today. But the great Lisa Katara kept me on for a little bit longer than that because she's got such a fantastic personality. 
Plus a lot of the positive things she said I really wanted to hold on to. That was very important. I want you to remember when you listen to this show, and I, I see the numbers of people who are listening, downloading all that stuff from the show, and there's, there's quite a few of us. Send them files out there. Send them file heads out there. Stay positive. Listen to the conversations I'm having with these people. We're staying positive. Why? Because we want everybody to make it. We want everybody to be successful. We want everybody to make that film, to write that movie, to, to be an actor in that movie, to direct that film, to write music for that film, or to act in it, or do anything you want to do. The only person who's stopping you is you. Just remember that. We listen to Lisa Katara talk about the positivity of women in film. America Young talking about the women positivity in film. We talk to Sean Piccinino, Vernon Wells. We talk to all these great people about the positivity of film and being in film and being in cinema. These are great conversations to have. Download them now. Listen to them live. Doesn't matter. I mean, we, we have them all cataloged. These are great interviews, I believe. Starting interviews, but great interviews. I'll get better as it goes along. Thank you to Alyssa Guitar for being a great guest of ours. I mean, we can rattle off all of her claims of fame, being criminal activities coming out very, very soon, 2015, as in post-production. Filmmakers Anonymous, 2014. Matador, that's on right now. TV show, The Bridge. Watch those shows. They're fantastic. And you can see her on, on video games like Far Cry 3. You can see her doing stunt work on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... Thank you for Lisa Katara for being on the show today. I was almost going to get her to do some opera while on the line, but uh, I didn't want to pressure her too much. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. A very special happy birthday to my cousin Enza, to my nieces, uh, Sarah and Alana. Happy birthday. Happy Bar Mitzvah. I love you all. And to you, the fans out there listening, I love you too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our Sunday. Thank you for being part of our lives. Stay positive. You're going to see a movie this weekend, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm your host, Steve Pisa, for Files Radio. Thank you for listening today. God bless you all, and I'll be listening to you, talking to you next weekend, next Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific. I'm Steve Pisa, signing out. Thank you very much. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.